good to be here, isn't it? It's good to be in church. It's good to come together, and uh, we are so blessed. I think we don't realize how, how so often how blessed we are. Um, thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray right now. Lord God, we just thank you for your blessing. God, we thank you for, Lord, everything you have done for us. Lord, that you are mindful of us. God, we are in awe of your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, I just pray today for anyone here that has never understood your, your, your grace, your mercy, what you did upon the cross. So Lord, for anyone here today that maybe, maybe they're here for the first time or maybe they've been coming for a long time and they've just never fully grasped it, Lord, I just pray this morning that you would have your way in us. Lord, that God, that you would reveal the truth of who you are, of all that you've done. Lord, that we would know your love, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Just before I begin this morning, I just want to ask Melon to come and share a word she's just sharing with me before the service, and uh, I think it's good for us to be mindful of, so thanks, Marilyn. At the death of Jesus Christ, at the, at, from the death of Jesus Christ, He forgave us our sin. He forgave every sin we will ever commit, every sin we did commit, every sin we ever will commit until the day we die. And we enter into that forgiveness by asking Jesus into our life, by embracing Jesus. And God was showing me that that's, so many of us have done that, but through life circumstances and situation, we lose our focus. And our focus, our attention um, becomes uh, focused on the pain we're feeling in our body. We're focused on the thing our husband or wife did that's just driving us crazy. Our focus is on so many things. But I saw a focus on something that um, we're not forgiving of ourselves. And also another person, a focus on something they just keep going back to. The, the focus on something that's happened that we keep going back to. And what the Lord was saying to me is if we keep focusing on it, a way will be made to go back to it. And he was showing me Lot's wife, you know, coming out of everything, that mess, you know, that Sodom was, and God said, don't look back. And I, I believe that there's people here that need this story. And I keep coming around marriage. There's something about marriages that God's talking to me about. But, you know, what, what I have to share is, is around that... Um, God was saying that my word is a lamp to your feet. Hmm. And in the darkness, if you're going to keep walking in darkness and take no notice of the light, you're going to be lost in the darkness. It just doesn't make sense not to look at the light. And the other scripture I saw uh, that I was receiving was, Yea, they will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for he is with me with his crook and his staff. And with these, he will give me comfort. And I'm, I'm talking to people. You might have a past. And, you know, your focus keeps coming back to it. But, Lord, I did this. And I'm a Christian. But, Lord, I did this. And God said, I forgave it. Now, take your focus off it because you keep going back to it and you can't move forward. That's, that's what I feel he's saying to me. I feel he's also saying to church people, someone might have had a past, but if you keep focusing on their past, you're holding them bound and they can't move forward, so let them go. And I feel these words are for us here today. 
that God wants to set us free, and that was what he was saying to me is Amen. set them free. Set yourself free. Set yourself free. Focus on him. He's set a path for us, and that path is in his word. And if you haven't asked Jesus into your life today and you aren't embracing that forgiveness of all your sin, all your sin, all your sin, now until the day you die, doesn't mean you keep sinning. You won't if you love Jesus. You walk in the path. Embrace him today. Surrender today. But whatever it is that you're holding someone to, it might be a parent, something they've done, let them go. Let them go because they can't move forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for whoever that might be this morning, Lord, any of us, Lord, this morning that have a need to let go of what's happened in the past, whether we need to offer forgiveness to others or ourselves, Lord God, we just thank you for your, your victory, Lord, that we've been celebrating this morning, Lord, the victory we have in you that, God, it is by your grace, it is through faith in Jesus Christ that we are set free from the power of sin and death and that we are alive and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you for that, Lord. Let it be our reality, Lord. Let us know the, the truth of that statement in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we are continuing part two of our new series. If you were away last week, sorry, Mike and Mandy and others that were away, um, I'm not going to repeat everything I said last week. I'm just going to very quickly summarize and saying that the Bible is good. <laughs> the Bible is God's Word. It's not just a good book. It is His Word to us. And if you're unsure of that, go and listen to last week's podcast. I implore you. Is that a stirring word? I hope it is. Um, we've started a new series last week on our core values as a church. Uh, and number one is that we want to uphold and proclaim biblical truth always. In an age and a time when so many people are being challenged for what they believe and, and, and even losing jobs and being criticized for holding to their faith, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. The Bible is our authority in life. It is God's Word to us and it is good for us. And uh, this morning we're going to continue to look at, at the Word of God. Um, and to be honest, I've, I've really enjoyed my preparation for this morning. I, I've just soaked it up and, and loved every bit of my preparation. Um, but it's interesting how, have you ever gone after something and you're thinking, yes, this is good, this is wonderful, this is fantastic, and then you maybe get that thing or you, you're, it all comes together and you're like, actually, this isn't where I'm going. I'm going to shift from here. I'm just going to go a little bit to the right and we're going to go this way. And I've really enjoyed my preparation. I, I've been just so blessed as I've read and prayed and thought about this morning. But this mo- just, just yesterday, God finally sort of showed me, actually, Andrew, it's not this, it's that. And I want to share first uh, a scripture that I was going to focus on. Sorry, God's Word is true. It can be trusted. It brings life. And let's never deviate from it, church. This, this verse I want to read to you from uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, I think it is, verse 8 to 13, yeah. This is the verse I was going to focus on, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. We know that physical exercise is good for us. I used to 
train hours and hours and hours and on the end and then I gave up cycling and, and didn't touch a bike for nearly 12 months. But then I got to a point I realised, I need exercise. And you all sound like you're just shocked by that. No, you, you knew that, okay. We, we need exercise. It's good for us to exercise. But even greater for us is to train for godliness. Spiritual exercise is so much more important. It's so much better. It trains us for godliness promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And my message I was preparing, I was working on, I realised, hang on, this is all just going to come out like, you've got to read the Bible more, you need to read the Bible more, why aren't you reading the Bible more, and you should read the Bible more. And that would be okay, other than the fact I don't want it just to be a big guilt trip. I don't want this message this morning to make you feel like, oh, I've got to read the Bible more as if that was bad. And I don't want this message to come across like this is something you should do or this is something that you have to do. My prayer is that through this message this morning that we would be so excited about the opportunity we have to pick up God's Word to us and let His life breathe in us. I pray that as you leave this place today, you wouldn't be feeling like, oh, I've got to read the Bible. You would leave today going, when can I read the Bible? It's like, this is going to be exciting. I'm pumped. And I am. (laughs) I pray that you will be too. That's my heart this morning. So that's what we're going to look at, but we're going to go somewhere else. If you've been reading in our, our CFC Bible reading plan, you would have read this passage this week. And I read this passage this week in my own Bible reading time. And to be honest, I thought, this is better. I'm going with this. I'm not going with what I had. I'm going with this. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 1. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you, open up the Bible. Open up your copy of the Bible. It is not just a book. It is God's word to to, to us. You know, around the world, people are dying that other people could get a copy of that book that you hold, if you're holding a Bible, not just your notebook. It's not that valuable. The Bible is good. Your notes are great, but the Bible is God's Word. People die that others could get a copy of this book. People are put to death for having copies of this Bible even today around the world. People are being slaughtered. It is literally genocide. The UN are discussing right now what is happening to Christians around the world. That It is horrific. The numbers of Christians being put to death for holding on to their faith in this Word of God. It is powerful. It is, it is something that the world has tried to squash in, in other areas. But it is God's word to us. Let's open it. Let's be excited about what God's going to say to us this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 1. It's, and this is uh, just before the people of God uh, cross over the Jordan into the promised land. Moses is about to die. This is kind of God's last dealing with Moses before he dies and hands over things to to. Uh, Joshua, and God says this to to Moses. In the future, when you, meaning the people of Israel, experience all these blessings and curses I've listed for you. So he's talking about all the things, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, that'll happen. If you do this, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart. I want you to think about that phrase, take to heart. All these instructions. If at that time 
you and your children return to the Lord your God. And if you obey with all your heart and all your soul, all the commands I have given you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where you, he has scattered you. Even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. The Lord your God will return you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will possess that land again. Then he will make you even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants, so that you will love him with all your heart and soul, and so you may live. Do you see a theme about our heart here? And he goes on in verse 15. He says, Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death. There's a choice. Don't you love that ad? The kid with braces. Sorry, every time you see that ad, I hope you think of, there's a choice. Does anyone know the ad I'm talking about? Huh. Just popped in my head just then, I couldn't help but say it. You know, there's a kid, and there's a talk about braces, he's like, you mean there's a choice? I don't have to have braces. No one knows the ad. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, there's one person. Fantastic. Anyway, there's a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And I would have loved to go on and read all of chapter 31 as well and the bit I missed in chapter 30 because it is so good. It is so good. I encourage you to go back and read through those chapters. God says to Moses, I give you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. But I think so often we read that, people can talk about that, and what we hear is, if you want these things, if you want blessings, if you want prosperity, if you want to have this and this and this and this and these things, then do what I say and you'll get what you want. That's what I think people hear sometimes. Do these things and you'll get what you want. But if that's how we interpret what he's saying, we have totally missed the point. If we think God's saying, do this, do this, do this, and you'll have this, 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 and this, and we go and we do it because we want to get that, so we do this, we have missed the point altogether. All through this passage, he talks about, if you will love me with all your heart, if you come to me and love me and obey my commands, but if you will love me and do these things, 
you will be blessed. If, if we're just doing things that will get us what we want, our God is our appetite, and we live to please ourselves. If we're just doing this, this, and this, because we know if we do that, we'll get what we want, our God is our appetite, and God, who rules the heavens and the earth, is not our God at all. We're living for ourselves. And if that's our attitude, we've totally missed the point. Verse 6 says, He will change your hearts, and you will love Him with all your heart and all your soul. He will change your hearts. And Jesus, we know the greatest commandment, He said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not about just doing this, this, and this, and this. He says, come to me. I want you to know me. I want you to understand who I am. I want you to know who I am and love me. It is good for you to to love God, the creator of all things. He's the source of life and he wants you to come to him and love him. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they walked about with God in the cool of the evening. There was a beautiful communion, relationship between God and his people. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And it is God's desire for us to have relationship with him, to love him, to know him, to understand what he is like and who he is. And if we know him, we will obey him. We cannot truly know God and not Know that it is good for us to obey Him and it becomes a joy to us as we know who He is. We have a choice between life and death and life is in relationship with our Creator God. There is no life apart from Him. Apart from Him, from him there is just curses and death. If we want to be apart from Him, we'll have our way and in eternity in hell is that destination. Our life is found in Him and there is no life apart from Him. second passage I want to read this morning is uh, Romans, end of chapter 11 and the start of chapter 12. It says this in Romans 11, 33. And just before I start, it's, we need to understand that God is not, God is not lonely and, and needing us to build Him up to feel like He's okay. He's not some sad, miserable, lonely God in heaven saying, I need a friend. That's not the God we're talking about. Romans 11 verse 33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. For who can know the, the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? No one. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. I think Paul's just trying to kind of stop himself. He's like, amen, I could go on forever. I'm just going to say amen. And he says, therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. 
I want to say first of all that God is sufficient. God is not lacking anything. He's not up in heaven saying, come to me, love me, obey me, because it makes me feel little when you do the wrong thing and disobey me. No, that is not who God is. He's not lacking anything. He is sufficient. He is complete. But He wants us to know His love. He wants us to enjoy His blessings. He's not lacking in anything. He's not lonely. He's not sad. Well, it it grieves Him when we disobey Him and turn away from Him. But it's not because He needs us. He doesn't need us. He's not needy. He's not relying on us. He just longs for us to come to Him. Verse 36 says, everything comes from Him and exists by His power and for His glory. Everything exists by Him. So it kind of makes sense that we come to Him, that we give ourselves to Him. If He's the God who created all things, who knows all things, who is the source of life, doesn't it make sense for us to come to Him and say, God, lead me, guide me, show me your ways. He is the source of all things. He sustains all things. It makes sense that we come to Him and we say, God, teach me. Show me. I don't get it, but help me to understand your ways. Help me to understand your love. Help me to know your love. It just makes sense to give ourselves to Him. If we know the Word of God is true, if we know that who He is who He said He is, let's give ourselves to Him day by day and say, Lord, have your way in me today. If we look to anything else but God, if we look to anything else but His Word, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, if we try and find meaning or purpose or life in any other thing, we will be disappointed. We will be let down. He is the one who gives life and sustains life. He says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. This world looks to so many different things to try and find life. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by, by Him, by His Word. Be transformed by Him as you come to Him, as you open the Word, as you read His Word. He will transform you. What a privilege that the Word of God would would speak to us and change us and help us to understand who He is and and make us more aligned with His plan for us. It's it's such a privilege for us that we could know our purpose in Him, that we could have joy and peace, and that the fruits of the Spirit would abound in us as we find our home in Him. He makes those things come up. It's not about us working harder to try and make the fruit of the Spirit come in our life. As we saturate ourselves in His Word, He makes these things come to pass in our lives. He is the source of life. The third scripture I want to look at this morning is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And we read it last week, but I want to read it again. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture is God-breathed. It is God's Word to us. It is not just a book. It is living and powerful. And as we read it, we meet God. As we read it, we discover what God is like, what He has done, His faithfulness, His love, His mercy, His grace. 
I just, as I just said, it's, it's sharp and powerful. It's alive. Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. Even as Marilyn shared this morning that maybe we're holding on to something in the past, God is able to cut through those things. He's able to separate between that which is good and that which is bad. We, we, God is able to do surgery in our heart that we never thought was possible. He's able to help you forgive. He's able to help you move on. He's able to help you find restoration and be changed by His Word where you never thought He could do it. His Word is powerful. It is alive. And He knows your heart better than you know it yourself. As we read His Word, we meet Him. We, we discover what He is like. His faithfulness, His friendship even. In John 15, we read Jesus talking about the vine and the branches and he says I, I no longer call you I, I don't call you slaves I call you friends if we could just grasp that concept that God the creator of the heavens and the earth doesn't call us just to come and be his minions just to, to be his slaves doing his work and just doing 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 he says no I call you friends his heart for you is relationship his heart for you is to have a friendship with you, that you would enjoy life with Him, that you would know His presence, His care for you, His love for you, that His commands are good for you and life for you. He says, I don't call you slaves, I call you friends. He says, remain in me. Another translation says, abide in me. Remain in me. It talks about the branch that it cannot bear fruit, it cannot cannot have life if it is separated from the vine, and the vine is Christ. We've been, we were cut off because of our sin, but He has grafted us back in that we might have life. And as we remain in Him, we, we have life and all that He has for us. You know, I think sometimes we open the Bible, we open up the Bible and we kind of say, okay, we've got 10 minutes, God. Lord, give me something for today so that I can get through this day. Maybe you've opened the Bible like that before and just said, okay, God, just give me something. Give me something for today. And I think it's kind of like we, we get the, the idea of, of just coming to God and we, it's like we bring in our little cup and we, we dive into God's Word and say, God, just give me a cup full. Give me a cup full of, of your goodness so I can get through this day and I, I'm going to carry this Word that you give me, God, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to help me. Uh, I'm going to carry it around and it's good, it's, it's wonderful to, to, to receive something from God and, and, and be blessed by that. But it's like we just carry around this little cup of God's blessing and, and, and it's like, okay, I'm going to just claim this over everything I face today and, and, and that's how we approach God's Word. Just give me something from today, God. Give me a word for today. But I think we, we have a wrong concept if we're just trying to come and just grab something out of God's Word so that we can go and do our day and be blessed by God. It's not just about coming to, to get something for me so that I can claim this scripture today or have this idea that I've spent time with God and that's like my little lucky charm so I've done that and God's going to bless me now. We can have a totally wrong attitude as we come to God's Word. God wants us to come to His Word, His Word which is life to us, which is His Word to us and just dive in and be saturated by Him. To, to 
dive into his word and just be changed by his word as we read. It's not about just trying to find a scripture that we can quote and and claim and, and hold on to so that we can do our will today. It's so that we would see who he is. And so we would understand his heart, that we would understand his faithfulness, his grace. And sure, that's going to be a blessing through your day, but let's not just try and take a little cupful. Let's dive into his word. Let's abide in him. Let's remain in him. Ephesians 5 talks about being washed by his word. Romans talks about being transformed talks about being renewed, about being made new as we open His Word, as we let His Word wash over us, as we dive into His Word. It changes us. It renews us. One last scripture I want to read in Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119. Actually, before I put it away again, um, (laughs) I have a a great memory as an 18-year-old guy. just just got my license uh, best mate and I, we, we drove down to, to Wai River and we sat down by the rock pools and we just spent the afternoon reading through Psalm 119 and just talking and reading and talking and reading. And there is so much in Psalm 119. If you don't know where to open your Bible to this week to start, turn to Psalm 119. It'll take you a little while. <laughs> it is so good. Psalm 119, verse 1. It says, Joyful are people of integrity, who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. I love how it doesn't just say who just obey Him. It says those who search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil. They walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. That is my cry today. I pray that it's yours too. Verse 6, Then then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commandments. Another verse a little bit later on. It's kind of the verse of the year last year, I think. Psalm 119, verse 32, I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. Lord God, you have given us life. Your commands are life to me. God, help me run in these paths, because I know you are good, that you love me. I pray that that would be our cry. Lord, help me to run in your command, because you have set my heart free. I know your love for me, Lord. Your commands are good for me. Your word is life to me. Let it be a joy to me to know your commands, to hear your word wash over me and to change me, that I might run in your paths. God's word is life to us. It is life, it is truth, it is good, it is such a blessing and privilege. You know, people, as I've said, around the world have died trying to get copies of his word. People would write out one page of his word. They would, they would do anything they could to get a copy of his scripture. We are so blessed to have copies of his word. So the question I want to ask today is, so how do we read it? How do we treat his word? How are we going with reading his word? And I want to be honest, it's not always easy to read His Word the way we should. To make time for the Word the way we desire to, even. 
As I said at the beginning, it's, it's physical training is good for us. We all make New Year's resolutions and say, I'm going to get healthier, I'm going to get fitter. And we sometimes make resolutions and say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible more, I'm going to, I'm going to open it more, but we, we struggle. But I want to encourage you, don't give up, keep struggling with it. Don't sort of say, well, oh, I just can't do it, it's not for me, I'll just listen to what Pastor Andrew says on Sundays. No, don't do that. Read it for yourself. <laughs> I want, to read, I want to give you six things as we think about how do we read God's Word. Six things, that encouragements for you this morning. Number one is open it. You know, having this book on your shelf, having the Bible in your home is a great thing, but it will not change your life just sitting on the shelf. You know, the Bible is the most printed book around the world every year. It's the most purchased book every year, but it is a so also one of the most underread books every year. It sits on shelves, we have multiple copies, we have it on our phone and yet it sits unopened. I want to encourage you, open it somewhere, even if it's just an open and flick, open it. Open the Word of God. I encourage you, leave it sitting somewhere, open. Let it gather dust if it does, but leave it there, open it. Have it somewhere where you'll see it and think, Wow, I want to read that. Number one, open it. Let's write that down. Get the Bible. Open it. That's the first step. Amen? Very good. You're on the right page. Actually, before I go to number two, I wanted to just point out this morning, and this, um, I wanted to show you my, my Bible collection from the last uh, 20 years, I guess, basically. Um, and not... Anyway, I'll just show you what I'm... This is my first real Bible. I, I got this one. I was about 14, 15, I think. And uh, I love this Bible. I still love this Bible. I, I, I love the fact that I open this Bible and I can find things when I cannot find them in any other Bible. Because I just know that little picture of that man that I drew with the hat on. Like that's where it talks about that verse. And, and I read this Bible and I read it and I read it and I read it and I, and I highlighted things and I put sticky tabs in it and it's kind of falling apart now. And I thank God that it's falling apart right now. And I don't say that to boast, but what good is a Bible in pristine condition that's never been read? I pray that your Bible will fall apart every five years and you'll need a new one. It's not because I'm getting commissions in Bible sales or anything, but I pray that our Bibles will be so well read that they are, they are in tatters by the end of your life. And now maybe, maybe there's someone here and you are just a careful page turner. And God bless you if your Bible lasts you your whole life. That's wonderful. But I want the Word of God to be... like This Bible has been many different places. It's been to Papua New Guinea. It's been on the beach in Wai River getting sand in it. I've spilt coffee on this Bible. I've, I've got food stains in this Bible. There's bits of it that have been ripped a little bit and a lot. And the, the Bible is not something just to have as something that's sacred and, and unopened. Open it, read it. I think a Bible lasts me about five years. That was my first Bible. And this is my second Bible. This is the old trusty metal Bible. It says thirsty. It has a tin can on the front. Yeah, who else had one of them? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this has got other highlights and, and, and little sticky tabs. I'm so excited. Our kids have just got sticky tabs. And my boys are uh, saying, Dad, we need more sticky tabs. I'm like, awesome! Because they're sticking sticky tabs in and highlighting the verses that are, that are speaking to them. And the Word of God is becoming alive to them. And I encourage you, as you read it with the ki your kids, your grandkids, the, the people that come to your house, stick things in there and, and highlight things. And, and this Bible too is also falling apart. And also the print is massively small. 
I'm like... Anyway, um, so then I bought a new Bible because I thought this one's falling apart and I got this one and the print's a little bit bigger and I was speaking in Ballarat one day and I was like, my goodness, is the light in here bad? So I realised I needed a new one. That one didn't get quite as tattered. But then I got a new one and this one goes with me everywhere now and I pray that I might look after it a little bit better. But um, anyway, the Bible is not just a book to have on the shelf. Read it, let it in a really good way I'm saying, be destroyed as you read it, if that happens. Like, don't... Anyway, open it. Number two, ask God to help you. As you open the Bible, as you begin to read, say, God, help me understand what you want to say to me today. Help me understand the context of your word from beginning to end, what this is saying, what is the, the truth that I'm reading today. Help me understand this, Lord. I better go a bit quicker. Number three, open it, ask God to help you, and read it. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Number four, and think about it. I wonder how many of you have said, okay, I'm going to read the Bible before I go today. So open the Bible and you read 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 and you go, done, boom, go. It's like, what on earth did I just read? I have no idea. And well done for reading anyway. I don't say don't read because you forgot to think about it, but think about it. Pause for a moment and say, what is this saying? What is the context of this passage? Here's some, here's some questions to ask yourself as you're, as you're reading. What questions do you have as you read it? What don't you understand? Don't just skim over it and sort of say, wow, that's weird. <laughs> Actually ask yourself, what does this mean? What, when he said this, why did he say it that way and not this way? Why did Jesus... Do that with that person, and then he, yet I know in the last chapter he said it this way to that person. What questions do you have? What's happening? What's the context of this passage? Is it poetry? Is it prophetic? Is it something that is it happened in history? What's it teaching us about God? There's a great question to ask yourself as you read God's Word. Think about it. Ask someone else if you don't understand. Think about it. Number five. Reflect on what you've read, pray about what you've read and write down the things that God's speaking to you. Just in front of me in my notes, I've got what my, my notes I wrote down as I was reading Deuteronomy 30 the other day and uh, just my, my own thoughts as I was reading on Deuteronomy 30 the other day, I found it really fascinating that as God's speaking to Moses, he says, Moses, read this book to the people every seven years. I'm thinking, there's my question. It's like, God, why the heck did you tell them to wait seven years? It's like, maybe every year would have helped them more. There's one of my questions. And he tells this all, all this to Moses, and then God says to him, but they're not going to listen anyway. And you sort of think Moses is going, well, what the heck are you talking about? Like, what's the deal? I'm doing all this. But as I read through Deuteronomy 30 and 31 as well, my own revelation, I've, I've written it down here, is that even when we disobey, God is loving and gracious and wants us, highlighted, to be saved. He doesn't just do it because we deserve it or we've earned it. He wants you to be redeemed, to be restored, to be made new, to have life. It's not just something that Israel disobeyed once and God said, well, I'll give you a second chance. 
No, he gives them a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance because he wants them to be saved. He wants them to be restored. Sorry, this is getting onto my notes and not the sermon. Reflect, pray, write things down. Number six, and keep rereading. It's amazing how something that's spoken to you once, you can go back and read it 10 years later. It's been like one of your life verses. You can read it and then go, oh my goodness, how did I not see this? And God's word is alive. It, it speaks to us. And then in a different season, it's like God speaks to us in a totally different way through the same passage. Anyone had that happen before? I'm sure there's quite a few of us. Keep rereading it. It's not like you get to the end of the book and go, done. What's next? Make it a goal to read through the Word of God every couple of years. If, if you can't do it every year, do it every two years. Our CFC Bible reading plan, if you're doing that, you'll get through the Bible in two years. I encourage you, if you haven't read through the Bible, in my old Bible there, I've got marks on every page on the corner because I wanted to read through the Word of God as a 16-year-old and I started to mark every page as I read it. So I knew if there was a page not marked, I probably hadn't read it. So I, I, I systematically, in some way, <laughs> marked the pages Reread it, read it, try and read through the whole of it. But read it, it's life to us. A few more just really practical tips before I finish. Read it with others. Join a life group. Ask someone to come over to your place and say, hey, can we read the Bible together because I'm struggling to understand it. Can we get together because that'll help me keep accountable. And I know every Tuesday when you come over at 3 o'clock, we're going to make a coffee and we're going to sit down and we're going to read the Bible together. If you're struggling, do it. Don't let it be an excuse that you're just too busy and you can't make time. Plan it into your schedule. Read it with someone else. Maybe you want to get a copy of Firm in the Faith. I love Firm in the Faith because it gets people together reading his word and then saying, okay, what is this saying to us? I, I really encourage you to go through Firm in the Faith with someone, whether you're helping someone else go through it or whether someone's helping you go through it. Find someone. If you haven't already last year, even if you have, find someone else this year. Read through it again that you might be reading the good Word of God with someone. <laughs> Second thing, get a study Bible or a commentary even. It's a, a, a Bible that has little notes that help you understand the things that you don't understand. The study notes aren't the Word of God, but they can help you understand the Word of God. Thirdly, Get multiple different translations. Get different translations that help you understand the fullness of His Word. Study it for yourself. Don't just read it. Study it. What does God say about prayer? What does God say about when you should retire? What does God say about this or that, what job you should get? Study God's Word. What is He saying? Don't just read it. Study it. I want to encourage you, come to church and then go check it out when you go home and say, is Pastor Andrew on the right track? I was like, what did he actually say about this chapter? Read it, study it, go, go over those notes you've written down, maybe, hopefully, God willing. I encourage you, come to church. And as God speaks to you, share what you learn with others. Matthew 25, we, we read about how the people are given, the, the three different guys are given the talents and they go away and, and the, father, the master comes back and the one that had buried his, his talent had it taken away from him. And I think, how, how can we claim to know who Jesus is, the life that he gives us, if we hear the word of God, we understand who he is, we, we begin to grasp the fullness of eternal life through Jesus Christ, but we never share it with anyone? 
If we understand the Word of God, if we know Jesus is the Savior, if we have the Word of God, let's share what God is speaking to us with someone. Maybe your husband, your wife, your, your, share it with someone. I want to pray and finish up now. I pray that this morning that you are being stirred to say, yes, Lord, I want to make this a priority in my life. I pray that this isn't just a, a thing I have to do, but something that would become a joy to you, to open his word, let his life speak to you. God, I thank you for your love for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have your written word, your word that you have promised to, to keep for us. Lord, that you have kept your word for us, that we have been so blessed to have your word. Lord, that it is, it is life to us. It is powerful and effective if we will simply open it and read it. God, I pray that you would so stir our hearts as we read your word, that you give us such a love and a passion for your word. Lord God, we just thank you, for you, thank you for your power at work as we read. Your Holy Spirit with us that, that changes us, that, that brings your word to mind throughout the day. That Lord, we would be saturated, we would be immersed, that we would abide in your word. We just thank you, Lord, for your love. And pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to read it, to meditate on your word, to never leave the truth of your word, that we would uphold and proclaim biblical truth always, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're thinking, well, how do I share it? Well, that's next week, so let's be here next week. We're going to stand now and we're going to sing, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost. Not just lost, I was a sinner who deserved judgment and death. I was lost but he brought me in, oh, his love for me, whom the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. Let's stand and let's sing, let's praise God and let's thank him for his love for us today.